My name is Jessamine Anderson Frain, and you're listening to Becoming Beauty. Our hearts were made for the infinite, so the ache we feel for more than this earthly life should drive us forward. But to where? And how do we get there? In this podcast, we're exploring what it practically and tangibly means, as C.S. Lewis says, to be united with the beauty we see and become part of it. This requires our entire being, body and soul, so we'll need both to journey well. Let us begin. God walks into your soul with silent step. God comes to you more than you go to him. Never will his coming be what you expect, and yet never will it disappoint. The more you respond to his gentle pressure, the greater will be your freedom. Venerable Fulton Sheen Hello friends, welcome to this week's episode of Becoming Beauty. I want to say a quick thank you for all your support, feedback, and encouragement over the last few weeks. It was not an easy task getting this podcast into the world, but it's a project I'm really proud of and I'm glad it's blessing so many people. Please continue to share it with your friends and family. And if you haven't yet, leave a rating and a review so more people can find this podcast. All right, on. With Thanksgiving behind us and Christmas in less than a month, that means it's time for my favorite liturgical season, Advent. I love Advent. It's a season of joyful expectation, constant hope, stillness, peace, and a quiet waiting as we prepare for the birth of our Savior. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. So why did so many of you just laugh or scoff or roll your eyes when I said that the next few weeks are a time of peace and quiet? It's because we've gotten out of whack during the holiday season. In fact, I would call our modern culture's approach to the holidays disordered, meaning that a lot of the festivities are not ordered or directed toward the actual purpose for this season, which is preparing for the birth of Christ. Instead, our calendars are jam-packed with every kind of event you can think of. Office parties, choir concerts, extra church choir rehearsals, family parties, holiday happy hours, Hallmark movie marathons, endless hours of baking, finals for students, and so on. I'm tired just like listing all that off. None of these things are bad, but when you pack them all into a span of three weeks, add in the financial and emotional stress of holiday shopping, and hear Mariah Carey singing to you on repeat for hours at a time, this is a recipe for overwhelm, anxiety, and a complete loss of focus on what this season is actually about. Over the last few years, I've worked really hard to honor Advent more by turning down the noise in my life and turning my eyes toward Jesus and his mother, Mary. This is not easy for me, and I'm not perfect at it. Last year, just last year, I got unintentionally caught up in the Christmas excitement, and I was burned out on Christmas before Christmas had even happened. The problem there is unintentional. When we enter into the season without intentionality, we are bound to lose the battle for peace. Until December 25th, it is Advent. Christmas begins on Christmas Day, and then we celebrate the 12 days of Christmas. Nope, it's not just a song. It's an actual liturgical feast, like celebration, season. And within those 12 days of Christmas, we have what's called the Christmas octave, so the eight days of Christmas. But in our modern culture, the secular marketed Christmas season has been starting earlier and earlier, which means we are more and more burned out on Christmas before Christmas even begins. 
I know that many people start taking down their decorations the day after Christmas. And friends, this is so backwards. Christmas begins on Christmas Day. So Christmas has just begun, but because we've been celebrating for two months straight with the Hallmark Channel and Bing Crosby, we think it's over and done. As followers of Christ, we have to change this. We have to get this season back in order. I've been compiling a list of different ways that I've worked to quiet my heart and mind during Advent. And I've also been thinking about what I want to do differently this year to maintain this rightly ordered perspective on the season. Some of these changes are things that I've already done or made, and some of them are changes I'm still working on. I also want to acknowledge that every person's in a different season of life. So as a mom who has a little toddler, I understand that my commitments don't look the same as everybody else's because I don't have school choir concerts. I don't work in an office, right? So I don't have like an office party expectation. So just know that these suggestions are like, take what is valuable, leave what is not. And I'm just speaking from where I'm at in my season. So I just want to say that. I'm not here to be Scrooge. I'm not here to take away your Christmas fun. I'm here to encourage you to abide by the wisdom of Holy Mother Church so you can find ultimate joy and freedom in God's design for this season, which is to prepare our hearts during Advent so we can celebrate Christmas with even more joy and majesty. It is a holiday deserving of much celebration, but we must prepare our hearts first. As I've mentioned in other episodes, the Lord is teaching me a lot about how he encounters me through my body and my senses. So I thought we could approach this topic by learning how to honor Advent through our five senses. I thought that'd be kind of fun. So we're going to start with sight. I grew up in a house where we went all out for Christmas. Decorating our home took the full weekend after Thanksgiving, and it involved an assembly line of sorts to get all the boxes from the attic, clear shelves and surfaces, sort all the collections of all the figurines, set everything up. And it wasn't until I was in college when I lived on my own for the first time that I realized how overwhelmed I was by all of this, by all the decorations. I remember talking to my mom about it. I can't remember exactly when, but it was like probably partway through college or maybe even after college, I was living at home for a year before I I moved to New York City. And I, I ended up kind of like getting the courage to finally talk to my mom about it. And I was trying to be really honest with her about how I felt. I told her that I found all the decorations stressful. And I pointed out that our family always fought while we were decorating for Christmas probably because it was such a massive task and the stress of it brought out the worst in us. I could tell she was heartbroken when I shared this with her, but she received it pretty graciously. I'm not sure that much changed really in regards to our decorating, but I knew that when I had a family of my own, I wanted a much simpler approach to Christmas decor. Three years into marriage, I can tell you I've stuck with this. We have a relatively small home, which I love because it's easy to be together and keep clean. For Christmas last year, we put up a real tree. Thankfully, Stephen and I both grew up with real trees, so that was never an argument we had to hash out. (laughs) So we set up our real tree. We set up our beautiful, like big nativity set from Costco of all places. What the heck? We displayed our Christmas, like some pretty Christmas ornaments and a glass bowl on our kitchen table. 
and we hung up our stockings on our pantry cabinets because we don't have a mantle. And I think I put like a bow on the front porch wreath. And that was it. That was it. It was plenty. And I felt so peaceful because it took a few hours to do everything. And the thing that took the longest was decorating the tree because of all the ornaments. My eyes were not overwhelmed by all the decorations. So my heart could more easily find peace in our home. So my first tip for honoring Advent and quieting your sight is to simplify your decorations. Choose one, maybe a few things to not bring out this year. Leave them in the box, leave them in the garage, and perhaps make your nativity scene the center of your visual attention to remind yourself what you're actually preparing for. By simplifying our decorations and what we see, We are creating physical space in our homes, which allows the Lord to enter in in a unique way. Now we're going to talk about the sense of smell. Whether you burn candles, diffuse oils, combination of both, you can simplify your Advent smells. I know this might sound a little funny, but stick with me. A lot of holiday scents can be overwhelming to your senses. They're really overstimulating. They're sickly sweet, super strong, and it just takes over your home. Now, maybe you like your home to smell like gingerbread wonderland or sparkly snow day, and that's your prerogative. Personally, I used to love winter candy apple from Bath and Body Works, and I'm on the essential oils train, so I'm going to try to find a blend to imitate that smell. But if you're trying to focus your senses on Advent, maybe consider shelving those scents until Christmas Day and the days following, and choose more subtle, quieter scents. Two candle companies come to mind that offer great options for more subdued holiday scents. That's Corda Candles, which is a specifically Catholic candle company, and Callian Wax Company, which um, a lot of their proceeds go to to help um, rescue women from sex trafficking. So I'm going to share those links in the show notes. And I can tell you that both these companies use uh, non, they make non-toxic candles. So they use soy or coconut wax and essential oils. So if you're on the non-toxic train, they're a great option. It may seem kind of silly to think about the scents in your home and how that affects your Christmas preparation. But remember, your body matters, your senses matter. And so all sensory input impacts your mind, body, and soul. Thirdly, we're going to talk about taste. I love learning about families' holiday traditions, especially when it comes to food. I think it's really interesting because I think it, it teaches you a lot about family and their culture when you learn about their food. Food is a really important part of most family cultures, especially during the holidays. I always look forward to chili cheese dip and mini pigs in a blanket on Christmas Eve, sausage egg casserole and cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning, and my goodness, the cookies. So many cookies. My sister Rachel is the shortbread queen. I personally love her vanilla chai tea shortbread. My Aunt Lisa makes the famous Anderson wreath cookies. And my mom had her annual list, Mexican wedding cakes, Hershey Kiss cookies, fudge, and more. Like I said, so many cookies. (laughs) Now, as I get older and I gain a deeper appreciation for my family heritage, I desire to carry on the legacy of these holiday food traditions in my family, especially, especially since my mom is not here anymore. But sometimes in an effort to carry on a legacy, I take on way too much. And I find myself buried in unsalted butter and powdered sugar, and it's not peaceful or ordered toward God. So there are two ways I've been working on ordering my sense of taste toward God during Advent. The first is that I've simplified my baking. 
I've taken the pressure off of myself to bake every family recipe every year. I choose a few favorites. I enjoy the process of making and sharing these cookies, and I leave the rest for another time. If holiday baking becomes stressful and lacks joy because you're trying to live up to unrealistic expectations set by you or your family, then you've lost the whole point. So something needs to change. Let go of a cookie recipe or two. Reduce your side dishes on Christmas Day so you can spend more time resting on the day of our Savior's birth instead of on your feet for hours in the kitchen. Or if you really do need to make all those side dishes, spread them out during the month of December and freeze some of them so that you don't have to do all that cooking right when you're like in the final days before Christmas. The second way I've worked on rightly ordering my taste buds is becoming deeply aware of the line between celebration and gluttony. Reform Wellness, which is a Catholic wellness program, sends out a couple emails during the month, and I have clear memories of receiving their um, their like monthly email last November. There was a graphic in the email that said, grace and gluttony cannot coexist. I was floored by this. I still have this image saved in the favorites album on my phone. Those words convicted me to make a change in my eating habits during the holidays. We can enjoy yummy baked goods and special dishes we only make this time of year, but there is a line between enjoying and indulging. And when we overindulge, we are committing the sin of gluttony and we are not caring for our bodies well, which we usually feel after we eat. Now, when I bake or make special foods, I focus more on loving the process and sharing the goodies with others instead of making them just to indulge in them. This mindset shift has made a huge difference in my ability to keep my heart in the Advent season. And honestly, I just physically feel so much better. I hope these two tips for simplifying taste are helpful and freeing. If you find a lot of peace baking up a storm, go for it. But in my own reflection and in talking with friends, I think a lot of us need permission to simplify our holiday food prep. So if you need that permission, here it is. Fourthly, we're going to talk about touch. Now we're entering emotional and delicate territory here, which is gift giving. My perspective on giving and receiving gifts has changed a lot over the last few years, mostly because of getting married and gaining another family, which I love. My family and my husband's family give and receive gifts super differently, and I'm learning that's okay. Also, as I've gotten older, I've learned how to budget throughout the year for Christmas so that I actually have money to spend on gifts for my loved ones. Plus, having a child makes Christmas shopping way too fun and way too easy because (laughs) buying children's gifts is so fun. So I have a few things, four to be specific, that come to mind when I think about simplifying gift giving and making it a more peaceful process. Tip number one, shorten your list of gift recipients. Now, who the heck am I to tell you who to give gifts to, right? So take or leave this advice. But if you need to simplify your gift giving for financial or just like personal reasons, do it. Talk to your friends and family about it, be honest. My friend Catherine and I did that a couple years ago. I told her, hey, I'd, I'd much rather schedule a girls' night out with you than give you a Christmas present. So we ended up going out and getting pedicures instead of buying each other gifts. It was great. If you have a big family, 
consider doing a secret Santa gift exchange so you're only responsible for one gift instead of 10. My husband is the oldest of nine kids and we do secret Santa and it is so fun. Number two, pray about your gift giving. The Lord is the giver of all good gifts and he will guide your gift giving if you ask for his help. If you have no clue what to get someone, ask God to show you. If you're desperately trying to find something for a great deal, ask God to give it to you. He is a generous God and he wants to bless you. Ask for his help with gift giving so that you are inviting him into every aspect of this season instead of separating the gift giving from the reason we're giving the gifts in the first place. Third tip is to keep a list of gift ideas on your phone year round. It may be a little late to start this, but keep this in mind moving forward. I don't consider myself a fantastic gift giver. So when I think of something, I write it down in a note on my phone that includes my own wish list, a list for my daughter, a list for my husband, and a list for any other people that I usually give gifts to. So like my dad, my sister, having this list allows me to work on my last tip, which is number four, schedule your shopping time. Because I have a running list of ideas, I can schedule time into my week to look for gifts instead of just hopping on my phone every time I think of something. During that allotted time or times, if I need a couple times throughout the week, I can browse Facebook Marketplace, which is a really good place for kids items because they're only used for a season, Amazon, Etsy, or other websites to see what's available. A scarcity mindset can make us feel like we're going to miss a deal or a marketplace find if we aren't constantly looking, but a kingdom mindset reminds us that the Lord provides for all our needs, and that includes the special toy we're hoping to snag on Facebook Marketplace for our kid this Christmas. The last sense we're talking about is hearing. I saved this one for last because it's likely the most controversial. I'm about to tell you to turn down the Christmas music. Now hear me out. I love Christmas music. I've always loved Christmas music. And as a professional singer and a former choir kid, my catalog of memorized Christmas songs is enormous. Some may call it impressive. Okay, I just call it the natural result of being a singer my entire life. Growing up as a choir kid, I started practicing Christmas music in late September and early October my entire school career. So by the time Christmas rolled around, I was so burned out on Christmas music that I hardly listened to it at all. And then I would get CDs for Christmas and listen to those for the rest of my winter break. So I wasn't even listening to Christmas music during the 12 days of Christmas. I still associate Allie and AJ's Insomniatic album with Christmas because I have these vivid memories of listening to that CD while reading my Meg Cabot Mediator series books on winter break after receiving both for Christmas. Isn't that a picture? I digress. With my choir days behind me, I don't have to work on Christmas music quite as early, though I do work on music for my holiday gigs in November. So I get to choose when the listening begins. And when it begins too early and with too much vigor, I'm still worn out by Christmas when the season of Christmas is beginning. And I don't want to do this anymore. I've done a few things to help keep my ears attuned to the Advent season. One, embrace more silence. Whoo, this is the hardest one for me. Silence makes me uncomfortable because 
I'm forced to actually confront all the things stirring in my heart and mind. But isn't that kind of the point? When we're silent, we can bring all those stirring thoughts to God, hand them over, and then listen for him to respond. When we block out that opportunity with constant noise, whether it's phone calls, podcasts, or music, we lose an opportunity for communion. Friends, someone remind me that I said this because I'm going to need this reminder throughout Advent. The second thing that I've done is to listen to an Advent playlist. I've made two Advent playlists. One is made up of specific songs and one is just a collection of albums that help me stay focused on the Advent season. So I'll share links to both of those in the show notes. And you can make your own. You can make your own Advent playlist. And it doesn't have to be all religious music. Remember from episode three that the Lord can speak through all kinds of music. So choose music that helps prepare your heart for Christmas. Choose songs about waiting, hope, preparation, the Blessed Mother, etc., And know you can build on it every year. It doesn't have to be perfect this time around. The third option is to listen to instrumental Christmas music. If you desperately want to listen to Christmas music, turn on an instrumental album or playlist. I love the, I think it's called Peaceful Christmas Piano playlist on Spotify. It's calming, but it's still festive and it contributes to a really peaceful atmosphere in our home. I love it particularly for baking because the words aren't distracting me while I'm trying to follow a recipe. The fourth thing is to choose intentional times to listen to your favorite Christmas music. There, see, I said it. I said you can listen to Christmas music. Okay, I'm not Scrooge. I just want to hone in on the word intentional, which has come up several times in this episode. Make a playlist of your favorite songs instead of just passively turning on a Spotify playlist. That way you won't accidentally listen to horrible songs like Blue Christmas. Sorry, Elvis, but that's like literally the most obnoxious Christmas song. So make your own playlist so you're not skipping over a bunch of things you don't like. Choose a few albums for festive moments like driving around to look at lights, wrapping gifts, baking cookies, or another favorite tradition. When you're intentional with the music you're listening to and the amount you're consuming, you are far less likely to be burned out on Christmas before Christmas. Okay, this episode has been a lot longer than anticipated. Apparently, I have a few things to share about Advent. (laughs) I think I feel strongly about this topic because I've seen the focus of Christmas, which is the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, taken over by secular marketing, and we've all been sucked in by it. But we can choose differently. We can choose differently. We can choose to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We can choose to be intentional with our time, money, and sensory input. We should choose differently from the world. And celebrating Advent with intentionality offers us this opportunity. You may have listened to this entire episode, God bless you, and think I'm crazy. And you may just like shut me off and go blast Justin Bieber's Christmas album, which I love, by the way. Okay, that is a gem. And that's your prerogative. But if you are someone who feels overwhelmed and overstimulated during the holidays and are looking for a different, more intentional way to prepare for Christmas, I hope some of these tips are helpful. They really have helped me over the last few years. And I know that I'm not alone in desiring this different way of celebrating the holidays. I've talked to so many friends who struggle with this, who are looking for ways to honor Advent instead of celebrating Christmas for two months. So 
I really hope this episode is helpful. And if you know somebody who feels this way too, share it with them. And now for my something beautiful, what to choose. So many things I've mentioned in this episode. I'm going to share two things this week because this is my podcast and I can do whatever I want. (laughs) The first thing is, you guessed it, another recipe. This is a special one because I'm going to share a copy of this recipe in my mom's handwriting. It's her recipe for Hershey Kiss cookies, which are my favorite Christmas cookie. When I was growing up, she would always let me unwrap the Hershey Kisses with her and she taught me how to place them perfectly on each cookie so they'd stay but wouldn't smush the cookie. There is an art to this, so good luck with that. The second thing, my second something beautiful, is an album, which you can find on my Advent playlist. It's called Ahatonia forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that, by Jay and Joe, which is a Canadian sister duo. Jenea, Jay of the duo, is one of my dearest friends, and we lived together when we were both new to Nashville. I met her the day she moved into our apartment, kind of risky, but we became fast friends. I absolutely love, love her music, and I cannot recommend it enough. I would say that's all for this week, but that was a lot. There were a lot of tips, a lot of information, like I said at the beginning, Take what you want, leave the rest. You don't need to take on a million new things this year. Um, Choose the things that you really, really want to focus on so that you can have a more peaceful and intentional Advent. So I pray, I pray that is what happens. I pray you have a blessed, peaceful, intentional, and life-giving Advent this year as you prepare your heart to welcome our Savior to the world. The Lord desires that for you, and I do too. Have a lovely week. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Becoming Beauty. I hope today's episode blessed you. There are a few simple things you can do to share the message you heard today. One, share this episode with a friend who needs it. Two, share this episode on social media. Three, leave a rating and a review so more people can find this podcast. I would so appreciate your help getting this podcast into the ears, hearts, and minds of more people. Have a lovely week.